I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, beautiful mama, to another episode of the Happy Mama Movement with me, Amy Taylor-Kabaz. There is so much noise about moving forward in life, getting things done, not holding yourself back, achieving what you're here to achieve. Even in the programs that I run, we often talk about shining your light, living your purpose and all of those beautiful things that Oprah usually makes us think about. And there's a part of us as mamas of young children that wonder what that all means. How do we live our best life when at the moment, most of our life is taken up with looking after our children? Is it a race? Is it something we need to be focusing on now? What if we don't focus on it that much? Will it pass us by? Are we still living our full life? This has been a theme a lot lately on this podcast and in the magazine. And because so many mamas are talking to me about this, How do we balance being the best mama, partner and woman we can be with this part of us that has a bigger dream? Today's interview is such a beautiful insight into these questions. Margie Worrell is without doubt an exceptionally successful woman. She has written best-selling books, interviewed Richard Branson and worked all over the world. She runs coaching programs and mentorships for very successful women on exactly this topic. But she's also a mama of four. And she shares in her latest book, Make Your Mark, how we can all live bravely, stop holding ourselves back and be who we're meant to be. But I really wanted to speak to her about how we do that if we're still raising children. How did she do that when she had four children under five? And her answer, I think, will really surprise you. This is the Happy Mama Movement with your host, Amy Taylor-Kabaz, author, mama to three, and editor of the Happy Mama magazine. In my mamahood journey, I have gone from an overachieving, addicted-to-busyness superwoman to finally slowing down, simplifying, and realizing that being a mama is the greatest self-development teacher in the world. And after more than 15 years covering breaking news, I've swapped current affairs to inspiration and now bring you the best I can find every week to help us feel more connected as women as we raise our families. Because when we come together, amazing things happen. So welcome to the movement. I wanted to talk to you, for the mummers that are listening, about how we live a brave life and really 
work through the fear that might be holding us back and keeping us small while we're also raising a beautiful family. Because when I look at your achievements, you've travelled through 70 plus countries, you've, you've interviewed some of the best in the world, you've had an enormous successful career in that sense, but you've also been a mama to four children that were only four children in five years. So you are the absolute epitome of how we live this brave life while still being a mum. So they're the insights I'm really looking for today. So if you were to take us right back to when you first started motherhood, how were you feeling about becoming a mum and balancing yourself with this enormous role? Ah, oh, look, thank you for, for for those kind words. You know, how was I feeling? I think I actually, I think I probably need to step back a, a tiny bit earlier and, and share in my lead up to motherhood, I, I remember, I remember the night my husband and I decided I was going off the pill and we'd been married three or four years and we're like, ah, oh, let's, let's, let's open the possibility now of having children. And, um, and I was pregnant very quickly and then I was a little bit like, oh, well, that was all a bit, a bit almost too soon. <laughs> but then I lost that baby. I was nearly 20 weeks pregnant and I was in a pretty violent armed robbery 10 days earlier and I lost that first child and I did not expect that to happen. It just never occurred to me that would happen. And then I had two subsequent miscarriages after that earlier miscarriages. But I have to say that tumultuous um, start to having children meant that by the time my oldest son Lachlan arrived into the world, um, it really made me so much more present to the absolute miracle and gift of children that I don't know if I'd have been as grateful for it had that not happened because mm. um, it all sort of happened so quickly and so easily. And so when I when I started, when I had my first child, Lachlan, and that was in February 1998, he's 19 now, I, um, I honestly, I didn't have some big, I wasn't in the middle of career, I'd, I'd kind of stepped away from it for a bit I I knew I wanted to move down a different career track I'd been gone back to uni and done psychology part-time the year before but I wasn't quite sure where I was going and I was sort of happy just to be immersed in in the motherhood with him that first year mm. but then and then I was quickly pregnant again with my second child my daughter Maddie who I 15 months later and um and then I yes and then I had another two miscarriages and then another two children. So all in, I had about four and five years. And it sort of evolved over time. I look at some women who are already in the thick of a really exciting big career and they start having their family. So the juggling act, they want to keep that, that foot down. I sort of started a whole second career after I had my fourth child. So um, it sort of evolved actually over time. And I think... Um, I know that those listening, some people will be in very different places. They might already be, you know, really immersed in building a business or, you know, moving up the, the corporate ladder, you know, to so to speak, and in a different spot than I was in. Um, but I will say that if there was one thing I wished I could whisper in the ear, in my ear back then, it was, you don't have to figure it all out now. You just have to see the next step. Just, you Day by day, we figure out the, the balancing act. And this whole idea of balance is, is a bit of a myth. And you really do have to find the unique formula that works for you and your family and your situation. And, and that 
formula will evolve and change over time. And I think one of the biggest things I see that we women do is we are so tough on ourselves and we have a lot of shoulds about all these rules about what we should and shouldn't do to be a good mother and pursue our career or business or whatever it is. And and I think that all of those rules we buy into about what it means to be a good mother are often what gets in the way of us actually enjoying the journey of motherhood as much as we could mm. and uh, and and doing what it is that also fills us up outside the role of motherhood. Yes. It's so interesting, Maggie. I've been doing quite a few interviews lately with a very similar theme with women whose children are now in their teens and the message keeps coming through that you'll get there. It's okay to not have it figured out now. It's okay to hit pause on something. It's okay to say, actually, I'm going to step back for a moment because the opportunities and the and the experiences are there later. It's this reminder I'm feeling like that this is a precious time. Don't feel like you have to have it all figured out because I speak to a lot of mummers with little ones and we do feel like, oh my gosh, if I don't figure this out this week, then my whole future is going to be ruined. I'm going to say goodbye to this. I'm not going to have this ever again. There's this real, it's like a ticking time bomb that's waiting right behind us saying, come on, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. And what I'm hearing from you and other women that I've been speaking to is, oh, my gosh, it is not a ticking time bomb. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I totally get women who feel that way because I think I've also had myself almost this sense of urgency. Like, I've got to, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And, um, and no, I can't afford to wait until my youngest child has left home before I, yes. I go out and do it. And... Um, and I do think there's a balance. There is a balance in there. So to some people, to some women, I say just keep your foot in the door, stay in the game, even if you've got your dial on about as low a gear as you could possibly get and have it on. <laughs> just, just, just keep something in there. Don't completely step away from, mm. from those other aspirations and that other part of your life. Um, and then to others, I say, hey, you don't have to be going at 300 miles an hour. In fact, you do yourself a disservice when you feel like you have to be going so hard because because the the doors, the windows aren't all going to close tomorrow, you know. And as long as you're just staying in conversation and you're continually, you know, moving in, in an arena and in a direction that is exciting you and inspiring you in some way, that's all that matters. It's not about the speed that you're going. It's about the direction that you're going and that you are Ooh. in action, however slow. And I know myself, you know, I've looked around over the years and, and you know, I am, I'm often, <laughs> I'm often very aware of where I'm not. I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm Brene Brown and I'm not on every bookshelf in the world and I'm not on Oprah and I'm not, and I'm always like, oh, I'd love to have been more successful. And, and, and so because I, when I, the times I get caught up looking at where I'm not, this scarcity mentality and almost this fear of, oh, you're missing out. And then I have to say, you know, Maggie, but, you know, look at where you are and, you know, I have been raising children. Not everyone is raising children and doing career. Some people just do career, yes. just do business. And, um, or maybe they have a, a, a husband at home who 
takes on all of that. And I, I have absolutely not had that. My husband's very fully engaged and travels a lot with all of his work. So, um, so I would just simply say that it's okay if you're not moving as fast because life over the big game of life, you know, there is decades and decades ahead for you to do what you want to do. And so long as you're, you're, you're in action, you're doing something, and it mightn't be that you're doing it 10 hours a day. Maybe you're doing it 10 hours a week. Maybe you're doing it 10 minutes a day right now, and that's all you can fit in. Um, that's okay. You actually, there's still momentum there. And I think the thing for me is there's momentum. There's some movement. And um, I remember when I started writing my first book, I had four kids under seven. Um, and, you know, I remember saying, setting the bar almost low. I was like, in the next 12 months, I want to write the outline for a book. I felt really cool to write a book. But I, I certainly didn't feel it didn't feel that I wanted to be, you know, I certainly wasn't about to go off into the woods for three months and just immerse myself in a book. I very much being a mum was my number one role. Um, but I'd do it during nap times. And, you know, I'd probably fit it in maybe an hour, hour and a half a day. But over the course of a year, it's amazing what you do in an hour and a half a day, <laughs> um, maybe four days a week. Maybe there was a few days that I'd, you know, I'd get three or four hours done. I'd go and take myself away if I could and and so it's amazing what you can do if you're consistently doing something, even if it's not as much as you'd like to be doing. And so that's what I would say. Just have faith that over time you will you will arrive there, you will get there, and don't come from that fear place of, oh, I have to be going at 300 miles an hour right now. I think that's the key from what I can hear you saying, and I know in my own life that if I feel like I'm pushing on, if I, I, I call it this addiction to busyness, the superwoman addiction kicks in for me, if I'm in that space, I'm doing it out of fear for one thing or another. It's either fear that I'm going to be left behind, fear that I'm not doing enough, fear that I'm invisible or whatever the fear is. It shows up in different forms, but it's mm -hmm. all fear in, in a different costume. If I'm doing it from there, that's when the stress, the burnout, the overwhelm, the yelling at the kids, the real sense of disconnect comes mm -hmm. from. If I'm doing it from, as you say, just this need for some momentum for myself, if it's just a calling, if it's just a feeling of, oh, I'd really love to write that today, then it's a completely different way of moving forward. Would you agree? Mm. Absolutely. And I would say... There's a few things that, and I know sort of this gets onto this sort of um, almost metaphysical level, right? But I really believe, you know, how we show up for people, the energy that we put out, um, how we impact people, our way of being. If we're like, oh my God, I've got to get it all done, I've got to get it all done, oh my God, I'm too busy. Blah, 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 blah. One, <laughs> we're, we're not always present, to, we're certainly not always present to our children. We're not, we're living kind of fast but shallow. And, and we can actually miss out on some of the opportunities that if we came from a place of, of faith, of courage, like of enoughness, that there's, there's time enough, I'm enough, it'll all work out, it'll be enough. It actually really shifts how we even show up. And I think opportunities, we can attract opportunities and attract people that we could miss out on when we're operating from almost that scarcity mindset. Mm. So, so just you know, wake up, be purposeful about your day, but have faith that 
it'll all work out long as you are really living with that integrity with what your values are. You want to be a great mum. Absolutely. It's important to be a great mum. Um, but you're not being a fearful mum. And you have faith that your kids can, you know, handle things without you always being there and, and, and giving your kids that freedom too. And, and I think sometimes, you know, I think of look at helicopter parenting that comes from a place of fear, right? Versus, yes. hey, they can figure it out, trusting our kids as they get older with, with bigger things. But also um, in our own work, career, whatever it is that, you know, name you put on it, calling, that, you know, if there's a mark that you have to make and there's there's time for you to make it so long as you're really living in congruence with what it is that's most important to you and and being kind to yourself as you slip up and mess up along the way because I think we expect ourselves to do it all perfectly now, every day. You know, be a brilliant mother and be brilliant in executing whatever our goals are professionally or in our business, etc. And and you know what? You know, just 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 being a bit kinder and cutting yourself some slack and going, Hey, I'm figuring it out and some days I do better than others. Mm. Um, and I know I just look at so many women we are constantly beating ourselves up and we live in this place of constant feeling of inadequacy not enough not good enough as a mum not good enough in our work whatever we're doing we're not measuring up and uh, and I think that's where what if you operated from a place of enoughness of adequacy and I know I wrote about that in Make Your Mark Mm. but I think it can really shift our own experience of life our ability to enjoy the gift of motherhood, but also how we engage with the work at hand that we want to be doing outside the role of mum. So just getting really practical then for a few moments, in your own mm-hmm. life you, you um, spoke about the armed robbery, you've had miscarriages, you've had um, huge success with your with your career as well as juggling children and a husband that's very busy and has a big career in himself when you've had those times of challenges you speak in your book about you know your your hard won wisdom finding a mantra for life when when things don't go to plan having that real sense i guess of resilience what have you leaned on in those times? What are your go-to resilience and mantras for when it oh, does look, feel too I, hard? <laughs> funny, I'm, I'm having to practice them right now. Um, it's funny because about five weeks ago, my husband called. He was in the US with work and we thought we were moving actually back to the US where we lived for 11 years. I had one of my, my fourth child there. Um, and he said, oh, um, anyway, Cut a long story short, we're moving to Singapore, and in in August for a couple of years. I'm not sure, I'm not sure actually how long, and I've had to really lean into my own faith right as I do this because I'm now juggling moving my kids' schools and and wow. now juggling kids in different continents and and that's not easy. And even with my own work, starting over a third time in a new continent, a new part of the world, and so what are my go-to's? You know, I, I guess I have. I have a strong faith, and not everyone I, not everyone has a religious faith, but I have, I guess, um, well, I was raised very Catholic. I, I guess I, have a, I do have a very strong faith that the universe is conspiring for us in mm. some way. And mm. even life doesn't happen to us, it happens for us. And even though there's things that happen and we find ourselves in circumstances we wouldn't have chosen and we couldn't have planned for, but in there is some gift in some way. Um, so for me, you know, the little things that I need to do, like this morning I got up very early and I went for my run 
and I I run out to the end of it. I, I live in Bayside in Melbourne, and I ran out to the end of the pier, and I kind of just literally do some yoga, and I just stop and think, what am I grateful for? What am I so grateful for? Where am I focusing on what's missing versus on what's present? And, you know, I did that this morning. I actually got kind of teary probably about 6.30 mm. this morning just thinking, ah, oh, I've been really caught up focusing on what's missing and what's not right versus how many things I'm blessed with. And and I share that because I know as human beings it's so easy to get pulled into focusing on what's missing mm. and what isn't the way we want it to be and what what should we think we should have more of or should be different. Mm. Um so for me, just having that bit of time out, often at the start of the day, because it's the time, and if I don't do it at the start of the day, I often find it hard to find time at all. But I sort of, you know, one, move my body, but two, just sort of get my mind and heart in alignment around, you know, what is it I care about most and who do I want to be and what do I need to focus on in the day ahead? Um, and that's really important to me in, in terms of, I guess, nourishing me from that sort of spirit level. Mm. Um, and then, you know, I mean, all the things that we all know we should do physically, you know, eating, sleeping, um, yes. taking care of ourselves physically, obviously that's pretty core in order to keep up the energy. And I know my days, I've got longer and longer over the years, and I now get up earlier than I used to, would have ever said I could ever do. <laughs> but it's amazing when you're passionate about what you're doing and you really want, you're committed to getting a lot done in a day, you know, you, you get out of bed earlier. Yes, absolutely. So do you think you have the juggle right? Is there a, such a thing as getting the juggle right? <laughs> I love that you've just I, laughed at the answer because that, that just says it all, doesn't it? But thank goodness because I'm so sick of hearing that, we sh- that there is this alluded to juggle because there isn't, is there, Margie? Oh, look, there is, there is many things that we want to do and, and they are often pulling against each other. It's like instead of a tug of war where there's two, you know, two ends, it's like there's about eight things, right? It's mm-hmm. like time for me and time with friends and time with my kids and time on my work and working in my business and working on my business and you know, mm. being a good daughter, sister, mother, you know, all of those things. And I think there's often that pull, like we're feeling like we're pulling in different directions. And, and, you know, that metaphor of the juggling act, there's all those balls or there's all those plates we're trying to spin. And the truth is that we are, we are just human and we can only do so much and we can't do a million things brilliantly at the same time. And I know numerous people have said this, um, you know, you can, yes, women can have it all, but we can't have it all at the same time. And yes. I, I don't know if I agree with that. And that I think, I think we, we can have it all, but not in the way we think it all is supposed to be. It's oh, like, I love perfect. my work, but that it's not like my work is always brilliant and I feel like I'm as successful at it and doing it as brilliantly as I like to do it. So there is that. And I love my kids and I love being a mum. But, yeah, gosh, I dropped so many balls in that regard. Um, And and marriage and health and fitness and well-being and all of these different things. And, and of course, you know, some people, I look at people who've got the most amazing bodies and they spend, you know, hours and hours more than I do on a day and in a week on their bodies. And I go, oh, gee, I'd love to look like Michelle Bridges or whatever it is. (laughs) Like, you know what? That's just spending that time isn't in alignment given the other things I want to do. That's just not where I'm at. So, you know, my tummy's a bit flabbier than, you know, what it ideally would look like. Um, But but that's okay. That's okay. And and I think um, that's where 
just giving ourselves permission when it comes to that balance and that juggling act to just be managing it on a daily basis, you know, the best we can. Okay, well, today or this week I didn't do so well at this and we adjust and we tweak all the time and and no one, no one has it figured out. Not I've met so many amazing women who some might say are master jugglers. No one has it figured out and we all have a good days and we all have not so good days and I think that's where just being kinder to yourself and and stepping back and going, you know, where is it that I'm operating from um, a fear of that I've got to do all of these things? Where do, what do I need to take off my list? What are the things I need to say no to so that I can say yes to better things? Um, where does this have me living so fast that I'm actually missing out on living deep? Oh, yes. Wow, that is such a good line. I just got goosebumps. Where is it that I'm living so fast that I'm missing out on living deep? Oh, that's so good. <laughs> so what do you think motherhood has taught you about yourself? Oh, humility. <laughs> um, and, and now I have four teenagers. And so they well and truly keep me humble. I had someone the other day say to my daughter, who's 18 now, so um, do you read your mum's books? And she goes, Nah, no. I mean, why would I read my mum's book? Because I could just talk to my mum. And, <laughs> and, and but 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 she's often like, Mom, I can't believe you give advice to people. I mean, seriously, look at you. You're a mess, woman. You know, like how um, gorgeous. You know, still see me being grumpy, or you know, not having it together, or can't find my keys, or you know, whatever it is. And um, so, what about my kids? Have they keep me humble because mm. um, they know me so well, and they're really good at. Um, making sure I'm aware of my shortfalls. Beautiful. Um, um, and I think I think the other thing also raising with four children is they're all so different, right? And and I and my first three are, you know, they're pretty good academically, pretty good students, you know, pretty self driven and always manage their stuff pretty well. I've never been someone who knows what my kids' homework's on. I'm always like it's up to them to manage it. Mm-hmm. And my fourth child, he's my little Richard Branson that kind of, you know, just struggles to get through school. And I, I now will be looking forward to the day he doesn't have to go anymore. And I think, God, if I hadn't had my fourth child, I just thought I had this whole parenting thing sorted out when it comes to kids and schoolwork. <laughs> and so he sort of told me, you know what, just our kids are also different and you can't parent your children the same way because they're different human beings. Mm. And what and a great thing to learn about life, you, about yourself. Yeah. Yes. And so just just be open to that and, and get that, you know, you know, for all the great things my kids do and it's nice to be given a bit of credit every now and again, sure, I'm like, thank you. But I also get they're also amazing despite me and mm. um, and who they'll be. You know, my role is to really give them deep roots and strong wings. And, you know, my, actually, just it's funny, I had an exchange with my husband this morning. My daughter's in Paris right now. She flew there Sunday night to spend three weeks studying French. And, and it's a great experience for her, but she rocked up the first day and I didn't have a registration form. And so she's in Paris. She doesn't speak that great of French. She kind of speaks it, but not well. And... And we're here remotely, like, trying to help her figure out this registration. She really had to figure it out herself. And, you know, there's the terror attacks that have just happened in London. And just, I, just this morning I saw there was something happened. Someone was 
police kill someone in the in the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. I'm like, oh, my daughter's on the other side of the world from me. There's, there's a lot going on right now. I feel nervous, yet I also know I don't want to deprive her of some really wonderful opportunities because I'm scared something terrible will happen because the fact is we can't ever fully protect our children from bad things happening, whether in an age of terror or or not. And so I think if there's also something that I really learnt as a parent is how much we have to just embrace our own vulnerability and and not let our own fear of something bad happening to our children keep them from forging their own paths and spreading their own wings and making their own mistakes and learning their own lessons. And, you know, as parents, we are wired to want to protect our kids from pain and we don't want them to make the mistakes that we made and we don't want them to get hurt in relationships or be rejected or be disappointed or fail. And we have to you know, support them in so many ways to build the to build the skills and to build the confidence and the resilience and and to let them go out and do the things that that may risk them being hurt or rejected or failing and, and of course, you know, I don't want my children to ever be physically hurt in anything in any way. But but I think I see a lot of parents parenting from fear and yes. fear really pervades how they parent and they worry all the time about the things that could go wrong for their kids. Yes. And their worry actually and they can hold them back and in their desire to keep their kids safe they actually keep them from sometimes even building the confidence and the skills to live really meaningful lives and thrive as adults. Oh, such an important insight. I love that because it is what fills us all with fear but we it comes down to what you said before about having some kind of faith, having some kind of trust in the universe, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I, I'm really aware, particularly in Australia, I lived in the US for a long time, and I'm aware that there are people who don't have, who can be very cynical on religion yes. and um, and and make, a, oh, look, you know, I don't believe in any of that stuff. Mm. Um, but I have to say, for me, I just, it is it is a real source of strength and courage for me because I, it, it allows me to trust to trust my kids, to trust myself, to go, you know, what is what is it I know that if I really trusted that it will work out if people are sort of going out and living their lives that are true for them, that, that it will all work out. And what's one of my favourite sayings, it all works out in the end, and if it hasn't worked out, it's not the end yet. Mm. And, um, you know, and for, for the kids sometimes things don't work out and um, and they don't work out the way they want, but I'm like, that's okay. I mean, imagine if you and I, if everything you'd ever wanted had happened. If you, yes. you know, the guy that you had a big crush on at seventeen had proposed to you, and you'd run off in the sunset, you go, mm. "Oh God, that would have been a disaster." Yes. So, you know, so it's like even for my kids, it's like you know they miss out on the course or they don't get the grades they needed for something that that was what their heart was set on, and sometimes you know what they think their whole life is going to require in order for them to be happy. That's not necessarily true. I know I missed out by one point and going doing the degree that I wanted to do many years ago. And I look back now and I go, you know, I wouldn't have married who I married. I wouldn't have a kid, you know, if I had that one point in my HSC score. And I go, you know what, I thought it was terrible. I'm like, you know what, It's, it's all worked out. Beautiful. So, Maggie, last question then. What does it mean to be a happy mama? 
Ah, well, I work on that one. Um, What does it mean to be happy? Because, you know, I think this idea of happiness, we can get rather obsessed with it, of, of being happy. And I know happiness is ultimately a choice. It's not about our circumstances. It really is about how we choose to view our lives. Mm. And yet it's also unrealistic to think that we should all be happy all the time. Um, and anyone I meet who was always happy all the time, I would say, okay, where are you living with a mask on even to yourself? Um, because things yes. happen that we're not always happy about, right? So so to me to be a happy mama, it's more about to me being a uh, a contented um, mama and going, you know what, am I, am I doing my best to live a life that, that lights me up and, and then being kind to myself when I slip up. And some days I can be a little bit grumpy and some days I can, I can, I can not be the person I want to be. Um, but I think if we're sort of living in alignment with what it is we care about the most, we've taken the time to get really clear about what that is to begin with then we, we feel a sense of, to me, a deeper contentment, even if we're not always feeling like, happy. you know, happy, happy in terms of like that idea of the, the smiley face. And, you know, it's okay. Sometimes we're not happy. Sometimes things go don't go the way we want. Um, so just, so that's, that's my idea that. of what it is. Yeah. I love that. It's so true to make sure that... It, it is a choice. It's how we look at what's happening in our life. Maggie, I could speak to you for so long. I have so many more questions for you. It is an absolute joy to connect. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with my mummers. Oh, my absolute pleasure. And to all of your, all of everyone listening, just know that you are a great mum. You're doing a great job and your kids are blessed to have you as their mum. Oh, thank you. Amazing. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Happy Mama Movement. To make sure you never miss an insight, please subscribe to this podcast and also pop on over to see the latest issue of the Happy Mama magazine at www.happymama.com.au. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.